KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. So I show this picture, you know, look, uh, there's this pipe 1 into 20 yards, this plane is, could crash. If I say that, none of you will get on that plane. But all of us are happily sending our children and grandchildren on that plane. So I could take it so personal because I started focusing it on my grandchildren, not anyone else. Welcome to my first day. My name is Andrew Bracken. In 1975, Virabhadran Ramanathan, better known as Ram, made a seminal scientific discovery by finding chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs, connection to the greenhouse effect. Rom's road to this discovery, though, was filled with many unexpected twists and random turns, not unlike his life after it as well. Here's Ram Ramanathan with his story of... My first day. I grew up uh, mainly in small towns and village uh, in South India. I was not a brilliant student by any measure. I just wanted to get an engineering degree in the U.S. and join General Motors and buy a Chevy Impala. That was my dream. My father was a tire salesman, selling tires in small towns in South India and he worked for the Goodyear Tire Company. So he used to bring back brochures. They showed this beautiful Chevy Impala with beautiful people. So that's where my ambition, that I thought, I'm gonna make my father proud by going there, getting that Chevy Impala. Before being able to realize his dream of going to the United States, Ram went to college and grad school in India and began working in engineering. Then I took a job uh, as a foreman in a refrigeration factory, making sealed units. And the remarkable thing about that, about that was um, the chlorofluorocarbon CFCs were leaking from these refrigerators as soon as we finished building them. So that was my first registry of uh, chlorofluorocarbons, which, which turned out to be later, five years later, completely changed my life. Ram made it to the U.S. to study at the State University of New York, where his field of study unexpectedly changed to researching the atmospheres of Mars and Venus, altering his General Motors dreams. I think it was there I finally discovered what was my calling. I found what I was good at, doing research. And I strongly believe that, that everyone is capable of doing something amazing. Many don't have the luck as I had to find out what that thing you are good at. Eventually, Brahm ended up with a job at NASA, and the unlikely path to his scientific breakthroughs continued. I go to an... Uh, Boulder, Colorado, because NASA wanted to launch a climate satellite. 
I'm just passing in the hallway, I heard this talk about chlorofluorocarbons. Immediately, I remember about the chlorofluorocarbons which were leaking out of the refrigerators in India, which was, yeah, that made a connection. They were talking about their work and how this chlorofluorocarbons building up in the atmosphere are going to destroy the ozone layer. I thought something uh, clicked me. Oh, I need to look at the greenhouse effect of these compounds. I think of my life as singular events and sheer dumb luck. If I had not worked in the refrigerating company, the CFCs wouldn't have, you know, I was just walking randomly in this institution where we were going to sell our satellite idea, and I found CFCs. So I came back. I couldn't work on the CFC during my daytime. My daytime job was something else. So I worked on the evenings and nights on my own. I had a visitor's visa, so I couldn't go to NASA outside the office hours. So all the work was done at my home. When you have an idea, you make what we call back-of-the-envelope calculations, right? You sit in a restaurant, having a glass of wine, and you have an envelope, you start scribbling equations. It was just that I was basically sitting in mine. It was a one-bedroom apartment. We didn't have any tables or anything. We were just at boxes. And I just putting one of those cardboard boxes in front of my sofa. Remember, it was not the days of laptop or anything. So all my calculations were done with a pocket calculator. So it took me about all of, uh, I would say, less than a month to understand, oh my God, this is, could be big. And, and then I had to put all these models together, wrote to DuPont, got the data, and starting a, building an elaborate model. And then that showed this 10,000 times more potent so within three months, I, I was tumbled on this amazing discovery. A ton of these chlorofluorocarbon 11 and 12 would have the same warming effect as a ton of carbon dioxide. They were five to 10,000 times more potent. Basically, it's sunlight which heats the planet. And the planet gives off this heat as heat radiation or infrared radiation. But what happens is certain gases in the atmosphere, carbon dioxide, water vapor, acts like a blanket. Just like a blanket keeps you warm on a cold winter night, it's not because the blanket gives you any heat, it traps your body heat. These gases, exactly, they trap the infrared heat coming from the planet. It's trying to ventilate its heat, so the planet has to get hotter. So these chlorofluorocarbons were adding to that greenhouse effect. The chlorofluorocarbons miraculously were absorbing heat where the blanket had holes. In those wavelengths when nothing was absorbing. It was just about uh, four months after my marriage and Thanks to my father, who arranged this marriage, I married this amazing woman who 
shaped my life from then. She quickly understood my passion, my science, and got into it with me. You know, I remember there was this NASA park there, which is an old aircraft. I took her there and told her what I'm working on. And uh, she was caught up in it. She was caught up in my excitement. We'll be right back. How long has it been since you saw something new in San Diego for the very first time? Well, Hornblower Cruises and Events wants to make that happen for you because you listen to the show. As a listener, Hornblower is offering a $5 discount when you use promo code MFD5D. You can have your own first day on the water exploring beautiful San Diego. Departure info is at hornblower.com. Make your own first day. And again, just use promo code MFD5D when you buy tickets. Rom's findings were released, and the discovery did turn out to be big, garnering tons of attention and putting Rom's career into orbit. He became a success in his field, winning awards, publishing new studies, and becoming a professor at the Scripps Institute of Oceanography at the University of San Diego along the way. But, like many, a midlife crisis of sorts was looming. How did I go from that stage to where I am now the last five to seven years? working to solve the climate change problem. So until I turned 60, for me it was just scientific curiosity and excitement of discovering new things, getting name and fame in terms of I get big raises for my salary. I remember every paper I published where something is getting destroyed somewhere. I used to take my family to celebrate. I had a paper in nature, I had a paper in science. Then when I turned 60, uh, something switched. Ram had several experiences that made him think differently about his life's work. One example of this occurred after he was invited to join a group of scientists working with the Vatican, which for the first time got him thinking about the ethics and morality involved in his work as a scientist. Another crazy, super crazy thing, Ban Ki-moon was just elected to the Secretary General of the UN. His first meeting was, uh, he invited about three or four of us to talk to the best high school students from around the world about climate change and environmental degradation. So I gave this talk, and I sat down. Behind me was the African student, and I think this girl was from Ethiopia. She was tall, angular feature. She tapped me on my shoulder, and he said, Professor Ramanathan, you made me cry. So what are you doing to save us from this? I had nothing to tell her. In 2014, as Rom's thinking evolved and his advocacy increased, he was asked to bring a delegation to meet with Pope Francis and talk to him directly about the perils of climate change. So I arranged a meeting, got the top experts, and then I was asked to brief uh, Pope Francis. That was that. We are normally given 30 minutes time in this fantastic 
a room you know, where the Pope receives amazing paintings, frescoes. I'm thinking of this, standing on the parking lot with all my Nobel laureates colleagues behind the St. Peter's Basilica. And then suddenly someone comes in a disappointingly small car, a Ford Pinto or something like that, a Fiat. And from the front seat gets out this person. I said, I know him. It was Pope Francis. He came directly at us. And then I was told I had to summarize to him in two minutes about what we were discussing. I had this elaborate speech on science of climate change, CFC and all this. So I just told Pope Francis, first look, you know, we're all here. We are very worried about climate change. And then the second thing I told him was uh, roughly 50 to 60% of the pollution are coming from the richest 1 billion people. And I said there are the bottom 3 billion who have not even discovered fossil fuels. They're still burning wood and dung. They're going to get wiped out by something they had nothing to do with. Immediately caught him. So he asked me in Spanish, what can you do about this? And then I told him that, look, Pope Francis, you know, you have become the moral leader of the world in your speeches, ask people to be good stewards of the planet. Some laughed. So as walking back, I asked him, uh, Sarando, Marcelo, why were you guys laughing? I was telling something serious to the Pope. He says, Ram, you were preaching to the Pope, I asked him to become the steward of the planet. Nobody preaches to the Pope except God. <laughs> But then two weeks later, he released the statement, and six months later, he published the Laudato Si. I'm not claiming it because, because of me, but what our academy did was giving him the scientific background, right? That uh, this has become serious. This could threaten most of humanity. But you know, the planet is already warmed by a degree, and I have gone on the record saying that in, in less than 15 years, it's going to shoot past this dangerous threshold, which is one and a half degree warming. So everything we are experiencing now would, would increase by 50%, because you're going from one to one and a half. That's, it's not half a degree, it's 50% larger than this. If the science is there, People have not realized how urgent it is. Climate change is not a Republican or Democrat issue. See, I find many in my community call them deniers. We start calling names at each other. We're not going to make any inroads calling them deniers. I call them skeptics, which is okay. You know, because what I'm trying to tell you is so bloody complex, right? This refrigerator which is providing the food we need. And I'm saying that's melting the glaciers. It's a hard thing to wrap your head around. So we need to be sympathetic to each other. So now I give talks in churches and faith leader gatherings to unpack for them the science from the politics. It's only a 5% probability that things could go completely out of control. And you're talking about billions exposed to deadly stuff. So I show this picture, you know, look, uh, 
there's this fight of one into 20 odds, this plane is, could crash. If I say that, none of you will get on that plane. But all of us are happily sending our children and grandchildren on that plane. So I could take it so personal because I started focusing it on my grandchildren, not anyone else. I think of it as a cliff. We are rushing towards that cliff. Only thing is, I don't know how deep that first cliff is. Metaphorically, said, if it's just 20 meters deep, we'll all survive with broken bones. But if it is 200 meters deep, you know what's going to happen. But we have that 10 years. I don't see anything wrong with that dream. The Chevy Impala I would have today if it is made electric because I have solar on my rooftop and I'm charging it with a renewable. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm certainly not hurting the climate. So the issue in my mind is not the lifestyle. We are using outdated fuels to sustain our lifestyle. Fossil fuel is outdated. If we accept that, then we are halfway towards solving the problem. Replace the fossil fuel. We are relying on 200-year-old technology, which is fossil fuel-driven energy source. Go to the modern age. It's come to the crisis stage. We have 10 years. We need to act. So that's my transition from the CFC discovery. It took me 35 years of gloating over my science and this to say, no, 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 it's just, it's a problem of science, but it's gone beyond it. It's a problem of human tragedy. I had to turn 60 to realize that. Thanks for listening. You can find more on our Instagram at MyFirstDayStories. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to hear more episodes. Our email is MyFirstDayStories at gmail.com. You can find me directly on AndrewBracken.com. Thanks for this episode goes out to Astrid Sue and Christine Pereira. My First Day is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, with additional help from Melissa Diaz. Music by Chris Curtis. Michael Howard, Andrew Bracken, Corey Gray, and Carpet Musics. Thanks also to Steve Kavertz. Support for this program comes from the KPBS Explore Local Content Fund, supporting new ideas and programs for San Diego. For KPBS, Melanie Drogseth is programming coordinator, Nate John is innovation specialist, Emily Jankowski is media production specialist, Jill Linder is programming manager, Lisa Jane Morissette's Operations Manager, and John Decker is Director of Programming. So this is the final episode of the season, but we hope to have more coming your way soon. Wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been listening. Also, a big thank you to everyone who's shared their story with us. Thanks again. See you next time.
KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.